up, what's up, what's happening, y'all? You know what time it is. It's 5 o'clock, a little bit after 5. It's time for Out of Bounds. Yours truly, Brandon Lawrence. We're missing Carlo Kellum in his absence. Trevor Kelsey on the wheels of steel. It's a good day outside today, man. Pretty cold, but it's cool. Not too cool. Um, cool enough for you to keep warm and uh, and keep cool. You can kind of wear like one of those um, one of those vests where your chest gets warm and um, and your arms are kind of cool. You know. I've seen you wear shorts on colder weather. Right yeah, I'm, yeah, I didn't wear a jacket today. Yeah, I mean, I'm, not, I'm jacketless. It's not, it's not that cold. It's about, about going 40, Phil, 50 going degrees. Phil, Phil Collins, no jacket required here. Yeah. No, there we go. No jacket required. That's a pretty good album, man. There you go. Good. You like that reference, didn't you? It's good stuff. But look, hey, somebody who needed a jacket last night, uh, maybe the team needed a jacket, but he didn't need a jacket. We got a return of Kevin Durant with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He came back. He did his thing. Did his thizzle. Twenty-seven points in a losing effort to uh, Antonio Davis, Anthony Davis of the uh, Pelicans. But hey, man, here's the thing: it looks if you're Antonio a Thunder Davis fan, hasn't played in a while. <laughs> well, yeah, you know the pace of reference. I liked him though. <laughs> <laughs> but he, Kevin, uh, uh, Kevin Durant came back, did his thing, and you kind of, he kind of. Kevin Durant's that kind of guy. He just succeeds everybody's. We know he's a superstar, obviously. He's the MVP, scoring leader, all that good stuff. And he's a great ball player, great guy. But he still, you can't believe. Some of the things he does, it's, they're hard to believe, even though you're seeing them. A guy that just came off of uh, some knee surgery or leg surgery, whatever it was, and he came back pretty quickly. Um and he came back and scored 27 points to lead his team. But, I mean, of course, it's Kevin Durant, so you don't you expected the scoring leader, the NBA scoring leader. But coming off injury, scoring 27, uh, it's still tough to do, man, to get right back in the groove. Hopefully they'll get it back together. Well, they'll get on onto their winning ways. They've got the Sixers. So, uh, you know, you would think that um, they'll beat the Sixers. Coming up, I believe. I think so. Russell Westbrook had a great quote after the game where he said, what are we, uh, we're two games out of the playoffs and there's 60 games left. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> I think we've yeah. got time to make up the gap that we're facing at this moment. I mean, you know how it is. Everybody's wants a story. Durant's out. Can he come, can he come back is the first question. When he comes back, will he be as effective, which nobody really doubted that. When he comes back, is, um, is Russell Westbrook going to – Give up the ball. He's got to because Durant's the man, and they weren't winning without as much without him. So you know those guys are good friends. I saw the movie, uh, the documentary that him and Jay Z put together with Rock Nation, uh, Kevin Durant, a life of the a day in the life of a superstar that running those hills in Southern California. Him and uh, Russell Westbrook and some other guy with a lot of tattoos. But man, you know Durant's he's the man. I mean that's it. Hopefully. End of this year, he won't re-sign with the we, uh, with the Thunder. He'll go to the Wizards, and everything will be happy in D.C. He'll be back home, uh, back by Seat Pleasant, where he belongs. So let's go, KD Trey. Let's go, baby. Let's start the campaign to get KD Trey home. So, um, look, let's switch on over. Football, man. Everybody's talking about this. Maybe, maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. All right. 
They gave it to us. It's two stories in football, two running backs. Look at this. Well, I mean, what are the chances that two star running backs are in the news every day and they're not even playing? Of course, we're talking about Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson. We're talking about Adrian Peterson first. He's had his hearing. His hearing happened yesterday with the NFL, NFLPA. There was an arbitrator, the arbiter, Harold Henderson. Listen to testimony. But his, you know, listen to, um, they said that Adrian Peterson really didn't testify. He made an opening statement. He, He was afforded an opportunity to make an opening statement. He made one. And um, really, but here's the thing, man. On this one, the NFL PA is a is a bunch of things going on. If you don't already know, the guy, uh, the NFL PA guy, um, the leader of the NFL PA guy. What's his name? I forgot his name. Was uh, D D something? I don't know. Whatever his name is, he's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. For, you have no idea what I, my high school side of me is on the kick in when you're like, what's his name? Who is he? Who yeah, is he? D's, D's, D's. It's D's something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if we were, if we were on death row, death row records, then, uh, you know, then it would be a <laughs> – we could say that. But who, whatever. The, the NFLPA guy, the leader, the leader of the NFLPA, he's up for re-election, right? So he's got to have a victory – on this thing with Adrian Peterson, simply because of the uh, lever of the co- the last collective bargaining, everything that the NFL players gave up, especially to Roger Goodell, making him you know the final uh, arbiter, uh, judge, jury, executioner, and all these discipline situations. So here's the thing, though. Okay, Adrian Peterson, he originally got a two game. Thing it said his the the whole gist of it is his his argument is look two games is the thing okay even though it's not it's an unwritten rule but Ray Rice got two games originally most people get two games suspension for anything domestic violence okay even though this time we're dealing with a kid and they want to you know make it make it um go super hard on it which hey, I I don't totally disagree with that but he says that the precedent is. Two games. So why go anything further than that? Plus, here's another kicker, okay? The other kicker is Adrian Peterson reportedly had a conversation with Troy Vinson, who's an NFL executive right now in the front office, okay? Former Philadelphia Eagle, former whatever else he was. Miami Dolphin, Buffalo Miami Bill. Dolphin, Buffalo Bill, but more famously with the Philadelphia Eagles. Wisconsin Badger. Yeah, he's a great player. Um, he's all around good citizen, and you know he's he maneuvered and uh, finagled his way into the NFL front office. Him and Merton Hankerson, all those guys. So, <laughs> Merton Hanks. So, um, okay, off the record, it was an off the record conversation on off the record, but it was supposedly recorded. Adrian Peterson had with Troy Vincent, and Troy Vincent was like, "Hey, man, just go ahead." Go to these, go to these uh, battery classes, these domestic violence classes, these uh, counseling and all the other stuff. And by the time you get back, it'll be two games, and then that'll be pretty much the the gist of it, the end of it, unofficially, but officially, it'll only be two games. You can come back, get on the field. Obviously, that did not happen. So, what Adrian Peterson has requested of the arbiter, Harold Henderson, was that Troy Vincent testify 
and which is pretty much I say unprecedented move. You usually don't have people representatives from the NFL testifying in these uh, disciplinary hearings and appeals and all that other stuff. But the arbiter Harold Henderson took a unconventional approach and said, "Hey, yeah, we're going to have Troy Vincent testify tomorrow, Thursday, December fifth, right?" Or December 4th, excuse me. I should know that because the Bears play the Cowboys Thursday night. So, up in cold, windy Chicago. So Another Cowboy loss. Tomorrow, last year it was. So, tomorrow, Troy Vincent is expected to testify. However, at the end of yesterday's meeting, uh, the report is that Harold Henderson told both parties, Adrian Peterson's party and the NFL party, look, Try to work something out before you guys come back. And in that, and, I, and everyone's assuming it's in an effort not to have Troy Vincent testify because probably what's going to happen is if Troy Vincent testifies, he's going to be put – obviously he's going to be asked a question, hey, did you tell Adrian Peterson, intimate or insinuate to Adrian Peterson one way or the other that he was only going to have to serve a two-game suspension? And if that is the case – and Troy Vincent goes on record and says that, then they're going to lose, right? How can they win? So Troy Vincent probably, here's what I think is going to happen, putting my uh, genie hat on. Troy Vincent probably more than likely 100% will 99.99%. We're talking, uh, <laughs> now we're talking in terms of uh, paternity, 99.99%. Troy Vincent probably will not be forced to testify. The NFL, Adrian Peterson, will come up with some type of agreement that's going to say, hey, time served. I don't know how many games he's already served, four or five games, but it's going to be time served. Adrian Peterson will be able to come back on the field, and um, that'll be the end of it. He'll get his money and blah, blah, blah. That, that's not even the beginning of his problems. Obviously, he's got issues obviously off the field with, with the legal issues to deal with, but getting on, being allowed to get on the field is one thing. Actually, getting on the field is another. And we talked about this with Ray Rice. Yeah. Now that he's even allowed, and I think both will be on rosters next year. I, it's a business. People are going to forgive and forget and move on, and something else will happen. God knows it's the NFL. Some other player will throw you know his wife down the flight of stairs for buying chicken pot pie and not turkey or something like that. But and it'll be they'll, they'll forget about Peterson and Rice for the moment and focus on that player, and they'll be able to get back on the roster. But until that actually occurs and you move on, I mean. How do we know that I mean that the NFL doesn't take a grudge and Goodell doesn't kind of go twelve year old school gore grudge like and say, Listen, hey, you know, I don't want this guy on your team. He he's you know, we don't he's he's bad news. He's he's a cancer. He needs to be get so you know, the the equivalent of being blackballed out of the NFL because of their off the field annex, even though they have been legally allowed to play in the NFL again. Well he probably won't be because Adrian Peterson like a year or two ago was like the man of the year, or something. He's also making fifteen you know. million dollars, and he's thirty-two years old. Well, but he's 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 he hasn't really dipped in his production. He's still a he's a thirty-two running back. back is like forty-eight to normal humans. It's it's, it's, it's almost a dog years. I mean, he's not he's not a normal human though. No, he's, he's not. But he has thing. he has had injury issues. Ray Rice on the, on the, in his side of the things has not had injury issues, but last year. 
alone was a very bad year for Ray Rice. Looked like he didn't have the same burst that he had at the beginning. He's taken a lot of hits, and so was Adrian Peterson over there. There's even what seems like still a short career in a young age have taken and a lot of hits. That's all the more reason for him to want to get back on the field and pressing the, pressing the issue. I don't really think Adrian Peterson is worried about any backlash from Roger Goodell. I think, obviously, the reason for one, the reason, one of the reasons you stated for one reason you stated, 30, he's 32, so he needs to get back on the field. He wants to get back on the field. Now, as far as the legal stuff, that's over with. He's already pled guilty to uh, – he pled, excuse me, pled no contest uh, to misdemeanor reckless assault for uh, for injuring his, you know, for in, injuring his son with the switch. So that's pretty much over with. The, the legal stuff, the legal wrangling is is done, and, you know, he's, he's trying to get back on the field. And I'll tell you why I think – that he can get back on the field this year. I think him and Ray Rice can get back on the field this year simply because here are four running backs that were given tryouts yesterday. One is, none of which, of course, will Ray Rice. One is for the Browns, Sean Drawn. I don't know how to pronounce his name, D-R-A-U-G-H-N. Close enough. The other one, Mike LaShore by the Colts was given a tryout. Mikael LaShore. Yeah, I think they, 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 I don't, know what, what I don't think we'll have to remember his name. <laughs> Very injury-prone running back out of Arizona State. The Giants worked out Deion Lewis and Chris Agbanaye, and they signed Agbanaye. You Washington, that right, by the way. Good job. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> phonics, baby. And Washington gave a try to Terrence Cobb. So it was only one running back that was signed after out of the uh, five that had tryouts yesterday. Nobody – uh, express any specific interest in Ray Rice, which I mean, yeah, he's still pretty toxic right now. You got to think and about money too, as well. I mean, and it's like a money said, thing. And while they may have been found innocent in the courts of legal courts, there's still the court of public opinion, and you know how that can be that can leg on a lot longer than what the courts. Wait till it breaks open that drink next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll call you out on that one. Uh, you have to still. I mean, non-sports related. You look at the whole Ferguson thing. I mean, yes. The courts have decided they're not going to make it illegal, but doesn't mean the court of public opinion is going to continue to let it go, and they're going to continue to do what they need to do because they don't feel that maybe the right judgment has been made. And the team may feel like just because the court has found somebody innocent like a Ray Rice or an Andrew Pierce doesn't mean they, they, they should be given a second chance and how much pressure comes from above. From the, Don't uh, be surprised if you find Ray Rice and uh, and or Adrian Peterson on the roster. I mean, Next year, yes. Not, I agree with you next year, not this year. Next. Yeah, well – you can agree, disagree. We can yeah. agree to disagree, but you, you, we know where Trevor stands. They're not going to be on the team. But my stance is, I would not be surprised if you find Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson playing for one of your favorite teams because that's just the nature of the business, man. You have here's what here's what a lot of people forget: running backs, NFL talent is not a fungible good. Meaning, you can't just replace one guy with another guy. You can't do it. Because these guys have specific skill sets and that are specific to them, and people value them for their specific skill sets. You don't. There's only one Adrian Peterson. There's only one Ray Rice. Ray Rice maybe not as special as Adrian Peterson. However, he's special. So you got You're going to take a chance on it because you don't want to. You don't want to. Um, you don't want to not. You don't want to miss out on them. Now, if you get diminishing returns, then you got to give them the boot, and they're up out of there. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. But you, I don't think you can not afford to. T- you can't not afford to take a chance with, uh, especially Adrian Peterson. Man, he'll get a shot. He's going to get a shot. 
Um, football. Let's move on back to basketball, man. We got the Sixers. We we alluded to the Sixers uh, a couple minutes ago. Philadelphia 76ers, they lost 17 straight. They're going for the record. Now, here's the thing. A dubious they honor, got, isn't it? <laughs> well, a record is a record. You know, it's history. A lot of t- not, you know, most of those guys on the team, probably except for Nerlens Noel, maybe Michael Carter-Williams, uh, won't make any history, man. But here's the deal, all right? They're going for a history, dubious as it may be, Trevor, Trevor alluded to. 18 games is the record. They can tie that record, but they but here's the good news for them. They play the Minnesota Timberwolves, which are bad too. They've only won four games this year. So the best bet for the Sixers losing streak to end is against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think it'll be stopped, man. They'll stop that streak at 17. On average, they've lost 20 games. You know, twenty. The, the the statistics say that they'll lose twenty games, twenty point seven games. That's the losing streak. That's the losing streak that they were on last year, anyway. But eighteen games is the record. I don't think they'll get to it. I think that they beat the Timberwolves. They gave the Sixers a uh, excuse me. They gave the Spurs a run for the money the other night, even though Tim Duncan Tim Duncan was on their bench. But hey, man, a win will be a win. They'll take a win against anybody, man. And Tony Parker's on the bench too. Well, I mean, that's not unusual. But I mean, you got to play the game, man. You got to play it. They knew they were playing the Sixers, and Sixers played them close that night. As Cal so, Perry said, the Spurs put in their third platoon, and they still won the game. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they and I mean that's not unusual for the Spurs to do. They played like that before, and they and they've beaten teams. They've beaten teams shorthanded or with the. Uh, everybody knows Popovich likes to rest his players, but I I have faith. And the Philadelphia 76ers, that they'll win against the Minnesota Timberwolves. You heard it first, man. How many wins you does Philadelphia get when the season ends? How many wins do they have? How many wins do they have? I don't, I'm not even going to even get into that. That's, give me be, a guess It'll number. be embarrassing. I'm not even going to embarrass them like that. I said 21 at the beginning of the year. 21? And there you go. That might be a stretch still. Trevor says Sixers have 20, 21 wins. I don't disagree with it. I think it's cool. It's a safe bet. I don't know. What what are the odds? The odds in Vegas. I don't know what the odds are. But if you're betting on them, if you're betting on them to break that streak of to break the losing streak for the NBA, I wouldn't bet on it because the Minnesota Timberwolves are terrible. I don't know. I, I think they might well obviously they can't be worse than the Sixers. They won four games. But I think the Sixers are on the upswing and they'll do their thing. Shout that. out to Nerlens Noel, man. I love how positive you sound. Well, they can't be that terrible. They got four wins. If that's some kind of like great accomplishment, twenty games into yeah. a season, they have had a lot of injuries and, and going through yeah. the regroup of bringing in Wiggins and Bennett. Rubio is never can't just cannot stay healthy whatsoever. Uh, There's neither. no surprise, man. Those those Bankovic's foreign guys hurt. are soft. Yeah, I mean, soft as drugstore cotton. <laughs> Weak as water. Oh uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So the views and uh, expressions of Brandon Lawrence outside of the country of what can all be addressed to the out of bounds show. Hey man, uh, straight out of Providence, <laughs> Kentucky, man. That's how we do it, man. Cancel Christmas curtains. Minnesota has a lot more talent than I think the Sixers do. At least, especially I don't know if the Sixers were completely healthy with with Embiid and, and company, maybe they'd be on the same level. But right now, it's Minnesota does at least have more potential. It seems like than Philadelphia does. Oh yeah, but it's a winnable game. You're right. It's a winnable game for Philadelphia. Yeah, they can beat. They can. It's going to be sunny in Philadelphia. Um, they're going to be partying on Broad Street, uh, South Street, whatever, whatever they go. But probably both of them. But um, yeah, man, Sixes, I got your back, baby. 
Especially against Minnesota, man. I don't even like the Timberwolves, man. What yeah, against I? the Timberwolves. I don't know. It's like rooting against the Cubs. They've never won anything in the entire franchise. The franchise has been around since 1989. Stacey Patton don't they, like the Timberwolves. Stacey Patton. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, I know that reference. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Whoopi Goldberg. Shout out to Malik Silly, man. <laughs> yeah. Eddie. What a bad movie that was. But nonetheless. Stacey uh, Patton don't, don't appreciate that. John Sally on the bench sitting in jump shots <laughs> with bad knees. That was hey, the most man. accurate part of that movie was John Sally at bad knees. Hey, man, that's uh, a good movie, man. Eddie, Eddie. It's a good movie. But Minnesota, I, you hate on Minnesota. They've never they've won, what, one playoff series, I think, in franchise history. Well, two, I guess, because they went to the conference finals the year with uh, Garnett and uh, and Sam Cassell and company. So they've only won two, fran- two playoff series in the franchise history. They've been around for almost over 25 years now, and have been basically mediocre to blow <laughs> mediocre. How do you hate mediocre. on them? How, how do you dislike something like that? That's just that's just kind of mean, don't you, you think? Got, you got to like them or dislike them, man. You can't straddle the fence, man. It's either you like them or you don't like them, and that's what it's all about. Out of bounds. Make a decision, man. Make a decision. Don't mess around. You know, here's the deal. Let's let's talk a little bit of a little bit of college football. Um, you got the out of not the out of bounds. Going deep guys coming up about six thirty. Um, they're coming in and talking, they're doing their thing. Two stories in college football. Of course, everybody's all up in arms about this playoff thing. How can TCU? Move over top of Florida State. Who cares? It really doesn't matter, man. I think we talked about this last week. As long as you're in it, you're in it. So it, it, you're going to have to beat somebody anyway. So you're going to have to beat two teams anyway. So it really doesn't matter, man. I put my money on Florida State. The champ, to, to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. So Florida State's got it. Right now it's what? Florida TCU. Florida State, TCU, Alabama, and Oregon. That's a good thing. Ohio State. Get out of here. You're out of here, man. When uh, when Barrett went down, they were out of there. I they were the out of there thing when Miller went down and Barrett took over, though, and then he was able to, to well, regroup. And I mean, great. He, uh, Cardale Jones, I'll keep on calling him Codwell Jones, who used to be a former NBA center. Yeah. Uh, Cardale Jones, the new quarterback, kid out of uh, out of uh, Ohio. I think he played the same high school that Ted, Ted Ginn Jr. did. Uh, he's still a four-star recruit. I mean, now yeah, he didn't have the whole change. season to get in the groove like uh, Barrett did. But he, I mean, he's got a couple weeks to get prepared. And get yeah, ready. he's got a couple weeks to get prepared. Get prepared against Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's going to run roughshod on him, man. What, but, the you know, the hey, one problem you know. I have with the rankings, though, when when Oregon skipped Florida State, I, I thought it was you were just it was no reason to get up in arms about it because it, they went from two to three. It didn't really affect your seating. You're still playing the same team. I mean, you're not playing a home game anyway if you're the two seed opposed to three. You're playing on the road to the same bowl. It's just a matter of the color jersey you're wearing. So it didn't matter. But to drop them from three to four, that's where I would have an issue on four State because now you go from playing that two-three game to have to go against the number one seed, which is Alabama. And, and that, that's kind of a little way. unfair to me. I mean, that's, I mean, what difference does it make if it's the first game or the second game? Well, they should at if least, you win, you're going to win. You know what I'm saying? I but mean, you it shouldn't doesn't have really to matter. play the number one seed if you're undefeated, defending champions, Florida State, just because you haven't blown everybody away. They'd have to you're play them in the undefeated. championship game if they made it. But you have an easier time going against the three seed or the two seed, depending on if you're two or three, than you would have to play the one seed, which is Alabama. Because Alabama is clearly better than Oregon and TCU. I mean, so what difference does it make? What difference does it make if you lose to Alabama? Because if you lose that, if you lose the first game, if you play Alabama in the first game and you lose to them, that means you would have lost to them in the championship game. Maybe you, well, you might not have played them in the title game. Maybe you beat Oregon and TCU upsets Alabama. You wouldn't even have to go through Alabama. I mean, 
if if TCU can beat them, then Florida State can beat them. Well, anybody, anybody, it's crazy things can happen, and we've yeah. seen the crazier things happen. It wouldn't be crazy. I mean, no, I, not Florida State may be the better team. Well, then they shouldn't have to play the who's probably the second best team. You're having the two probably the best teams, and that's argue, you can argue it other ways. But with Florida State being still undefeated, and I know they've been up and down in terms of how they've handled their games, but they still won them. They, they, they arguably them and Alabama are the two best teams. You have them playing in the first game. That seems a little lopsided to me. I mean, and life I, ain't fair, man. Well, life I ain't fair. Hey, look, I say I, I know that every time I look in the mirror, I get that life ain't fair. So I mean, here's the thing, man. I mean, it's but the this way is I'm life. Looking. This is a committee doing this. This is, is the way. Life. This is the way I look at this thing. When you play ball, it really when you put it down. When it, when when it comes down to it, I don't think these guys care when they play who they play. You know, they think that they can beat Alabama. Alabama surely thinks that they can beat them. So you're playing on a neutral field. You're playing in the bowl game. You're playing in front of millions of people watching TV, thousands, 100,000 people watching in the stands. I thought you going to do a rock there, so, the millions so, and millions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, either, it's, it's, put, it's, it's, it's do or die, man. Two teams enter, one team leaves. You know, it's, it is what it is. You gotta beat them. I mean, these guys aren't scared. I don't. You know, I, I if they play them the first round, second round, you know, if they're gonna beat them, they're gonna beat them. I'm not saying they're scared. Alabama might not want to play Florida State. Well, then in the first game. Again, well, then so it's mutual. Alabama it's a mutual can, can can bitch about it too. All they yeah, want, and they have a, a gripe thing. as well that they're having to play a team that should be probably the two seed, if if anything, maybe the three seed. Definitely not the four because of. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters when they play them. You know. I really, and I don't think the, if Florida don't think State guys if Florida State wins by a field goal against Georgia Tech are they going to fall out of the playoff altogether? Oh, uh, if they lose by a field? No, no, not lose. You, if they win, yeah, I know that they're oh. dropping, winning. Uh, they're, they're falling down the track. They, I think they're messing with. I, they ain't no, there's no way in the world, no way in the world, if they go under when they go undefeated, I don't think they have a problem with Georgia Tech. No way in the world. I mean, anything can happen, but they started there's no at way in one. the world that they're going to. Um, they're now they're four gonna, and they haven't lost a game, out. Brandon. Nah, they're not going. They started at one and now they're four they've and they haven't lost a game. But I mean, that's, that's just how they. You know, they they're barely winning these games. So you know. Wins a win, but if you lose late, you're out. Anyway, Louisville looked looked ugly in their win last night, but a win's a win. Yeah, so I mean they're in there. I mean you talk, you're going from you're going you, you're going from who they're playing to being out of it, and they haven't even lost yet. Now let them play, Trev. Come on, man. Hey, I'm saying that, but I'm just telling you the committee the way they're going. Let if the they kids play, if they have to go to play. they have to go to triple overtime to beat Georgia Tech, they may knock them out of the playoff altogether and put Ohio State in. Say Ohio, say Ohio State looks impressive in a win over Wisconsin. I doubt it. Or Baylor dominates Kansas State. I doubt it. But speaking of a team that's out of it, totally Georgia Southern, man. Georgia Southern won the Sun Belt. Is not even going to be in. The, is not even bowl eligible. It is a Sun Belt. <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, but you're supposed to be in nine and three. They have a record of nine and three after thirty years of football championship subdivision. They calling this a transition season. They're moving up divisions to play in. Uh, that are actually going to play in the postseason. Uh, they requested a waiver from the NCAA. The waiver was denied. They appealed the denial, and today. The final appeal was denied, so they're not going bowling, man. Florida, what is it, Georgia Southern, all the Georgia Southern alumni who wanted to get out and get one last game and get buttered, 
won't have an opportunity to do it. George Southern knew that. You I can't I, play in the pinstripe bowl. I, I was at Western Kentucky as a student when Western made the transition from D2 to D1 or whatever they call it now. Uh, and they, they knew that the first two – and here's the thing, though. That rule's been put in place, and it should be abolished. They should take that rule out. But it was originally put in place, I think, to – because no, I don't think anybody ever thought a Division II school going into D one would be make ball eligible eligibility in its first season, and this is maybe one of the first times ever it's has happened. I mean, Western was really bad their first two years, but that's a, a, a written rule that says when you go from one Division two to Division one, you, you know, despite your record, you're not ball eligible your first two seasons in Division one. Well, there even you have, if you do win, you know, like they did. And they, this looks good, George Southern. Rules are rules. Yeah, rules or rules. They I say, knew that. I say rules are made to be broken. But Trevor Kelsey says rule, rules are rules. He's like Johnny Cash. He walks the line. This Georgia Southern team, by the way, almost beat Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech and, and NC State at NC State. It's a loss, good team. You say loss is a loss, though, right? Yeah, but when you're Division two coming in Division one, you only lose by four points to a team that's about to play for the ACC title. It's a pretty good thing to hang your hat on as a loss. It's a pretty good thing that's to hang a, I think I would claim that as a moral victory. The 52-19 to 19 no loss to Navy, thing. that's not a moral victory. That's a butt kicking. No such thing as a moral victory. There are no moral victories, just like there's no crying in baseball. But it's a sad day to be a UAB football player. University of Alabama at Birmingham, it's over there. It's over, man. 24-year-old football program is gone. Cause of death, we play the corner. Cause of death, lack of investment. Lack of fiscal responsibility. Or political pettiness, whatever you want to call it, depending on which obituary you read. They've been in the pro. They've had a program since 1995, man. But they're out of there, man. No Division more, one since no 1995. They started in '89, technically. Yeah, that's all we care about is Division one. Well, of course, yeah. we don't care about the underdogs, man. No slot stones over here, baby. No underdog. We only care about who's on top. And right now, UAB's on the bottom, looking up, on their back, six feet deep, grave diggers. Look, man. What, what happened? What happened? I don't know. These, but I feel bad for the players, man. Feel bad for the players. They still have the scholarships to still be on. They can still go to school. But who wants to do that if you can't play football? But then again, who are they gonna play against? I mean, who are they gonna who are they gonna play for? I don't know. It's tough getting on a roster, man. We already have it filled and all this other stuff. Doggone. It's a doggone shame out there. The thing that makes me the maddest about this entire story. What makes you mad, Trevor? Is that UAB, if if you were telling me this, the first thing that would come to my head would be, oh, they must be losing money. They have to be losing money. That's why they're doing it. They're losing money. It's hurting the school as a a whole. They they have to get rid of football. And while it's depressing and sad, and if you watch that video of the players meeting, it's really hard. They ripped the president, man. And rightfully so, because when you read in the story, they're not losing money. This is a program that, that didn't lose money in football. Yes, they're not the most profitable team. They don't want to give them money. They don't, they don't want to make money. an investment. They, they feel like they have to, and they, they, they pay the committee. So they can, pay, they can throw out thousands of dollars to pay this committee to do this research over 18 months, which is a waste of money in my eyes. But they pay this committee to put up this plan that says, in quote, they have to pay, it's going to cost them $50 million over five years, or $50 million, yeah, $50 million over five years to make the program competitive to a national level. First of all, you're UAB. You, and you're only, A, you're only 24 years old, which is still a young pup in, in terms of program days. I mean, that's still – you might as well be an infant in terms of your program status. And second, you are UAB. I mean, let's not, you know, let's not try to go 
Listen, I'm happy to get laid. I'm not looking to go get bang supermodels, all right? I'm happy with anything I can get. Man, if you're going to do reaching. it, do it right, man. Hey, I'm going to reach for it, but doesn't mean Christy I'm going to get Christy Turlington, it. man. Yeah. She, she's married. I think she's married. I'm more of Ellie McPherson still. I'm still in that boat back in my day. Show T. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't turn her down. I'll take Bo Derek at age 55. I don't care. She's man. still a 10. Look at Tommy Boy got her. Hey, man, if you're still working, don't fix it. But that's just what aggravates me. This was basically the – to me, this was the football – the, the university at president does probably didn't care about football and doesn't really worry about athletics and doesn't have any support towards the athletic program and said, you know what, I don't feel like dealing with the stress of having to put money towards this. I want to put more money into the education, which is not a bad thing, but well, don't cut the football team off. That was a bad theory move. Going. Bad got a conspiracy move. theory going. Paul Bryan Jr., son of legendary yeah. Alabama football coach. This is what happened, folks. UAB is overseen by the University of Alabama system board of trustees. Okay. Now the president and can make this call without the trustees' vote, though. But, but that didn't can. happen. No, it didn't. That didn't but happen. Can. So the the board of trustees voted to get rid of the UAB football program. Now some people were saying, "Hey, man, you know." It should have strong. They're saying, "Hey, we should have taken a look at it." Now we got look at they're looking at everything, of course, you know, because the program's gone. But I don't know, man. It might not be off, man. If they don't, a lot of those people on the board have crimson tide ties. This, this is what they're saying, and they say they're saying, "Hey, the, I don't know." So I guess if you see a couple extra uh, million dollars in uh, Alabama's boat or Nick Saban's boat, then you know where it went. And it's not. And, and they took the, it from UAB to Alabama. And he kind of lost in the storm of this. The rowing and bowling team got cut as well. And it, nobody uh, cares. The weird thing about that. Where was, are they rowing? We talk Rowing from rifling. Mexico? I'm sorry, rifling. Oh, I'm about to rifling say rifling and bowling. Where's the, where's uh, the water in Alabama? <laughs> you can row. There is. They're on the Gulf, really. Technically, it'll be gator bait, man. <laughs> but uh, they, in a reverse thing, everybody talks about Title Nine being kind of a thing. Everybody has to give you know women what they want because of Title Nine. Those those two sports were cut because of Title Nine because they had to cut a sport that involved women. Because they were cutting a men's all men's sport. It's a cop out, man. So you're probably right. Everything that they're doing is a cop out. The blaming on women. Oh my god. UAB Trevor, UAB sports sexist, man. UAB sports program. That's one of the most sexist thing I've heard you say. Uh, it's, that can't be true. UAB sports one of the most. program, unfortunately, probably died when Gene Bartow passed away in two thousand two in two thousand twelve. Gene he Bartow. Was, he was the father of UAB sports. He built <laughs> UAB. He was the, everything UAB and when he passed away, you could just tell gradually but surely the the the, the the interest in their sports just completely diminished. Well, man, that's how it goes, man. Let's life. Kids will know whatever. It's hey, sad. Look. Have you seen the video, by the way? Oh, Have you watched the video of the player meeting? I, I hate to see a grown man cry. Dude, it's 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 it pulls at the heartstrings. If you, if it doesn't make you to make you kind of choked up, then you there's no way you're human. There's absolutely zero way you're human. I hate to see I hate to see a grown man cry. But look, want to get on the conversation? We're going to go to break in a second. Five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty Oxmoor four Lincoln Buzz Line. 502-384-1450. And then as always, follow us on Facebook, Out of Bounds, OOB. Twitter, hashtag OOB. Going deep and all that other stuff on there on Twitter and Facebook. Why, hey, Scott, why, why isn't Out of Bounds on Twitter, man? Going deep's on everything, man. We need to get on there too. Now, those guys are real cool, real good. But look, this is what we're going to do. Somebody, people, people are leaving. We're going to tell you who's making a comeback after the break. Out of Bounds.
Hey, what's happening? We're back, man. The birds, man. I love the birds, man. Birds, the, the birds can really swing, man. No doubt about it. Brandon, you astonish me in your music. I mean, I love the fact that anybody that met you might stereotype you to being like a rap, maybe maybe reggae a little bit. Reggae, yeah. But uh, you're kind of like, yeah, I, I think we get along that way because we both, I mean, we go from Ben Harper to the birds. I mean, yeah, that's. You know. Hey man, music that's, is universal. It's a complete man. 180 turn right there. I mean, yeah, music, man, that's that thing that can, you know. Next makes, song you'll throw at me, some 70s blues guy from New Orleans I probably never heard of and feel ashamed that I hadn't listened to uh, until nah. you introduced me to him. Because <laughs> you've but done that before. What, hey man, people, you know, hey, that's how that's how I learn, man. I just, you know, listen to everybody and, and all that stuff. And if if it, if, it, if it grooves, it grooves, you know. I agree 100%. You even good. came country one day in here. Love country. Now, granted, you oh. just gave me the top ten country songs. We're like, play yeah. these. No nah. idea who they were. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I, I like. I know the old country. You know, like Randy Travis. And, yeah, you know, you're like me. I like, like Alabama. J- oh, yeah. Johnny Cash. Yeah. Uh, Good stuff, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Hank Williams Jr. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you David know, Allen Coe. You know, he'd be a little good, racist, man. but you know, <laughs> Ray Price. Yeah. Those yeah. Guys are good, man. You know, people. A lot of people don't know that Ray Price, man. Uh, you know. Uh, What's the Al Green song? Um, shoot, st- let's stay together. Ah, nah, nah, nah. Ray is Chris Christopherson sang it, and then Ray Price sang it. I think that's about that, Sunday morning coming. Order, and then Al Green sang it. Sang it. Uh, I forgot what it's called, man. But I, I think of it. Chris Christopherson's another good one you just threw out there. Yeah, name I out mean there. those guys are good, man. Waylon Jennings. Yeah, yeah. I like some old school. You know, I guess old school country's cool, man. I think one thing we can agree on: old school, no matter the genre, is good. New school can have its ups and downs because I'm the same way about yeah. hip hop and rock and roll and, yeah. and, and rock music. S- some things you just you know leave those things alone. Don't try to re- don't try to remake the classics, man. Leave them alone. Leave <laughs> leave Frosty the Snowman alone. Somebody man. tell Hollywood that once in a while too. Yeah, you please. Know. But check it, man. Speaking of old and new, Tiger Woods is back. Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. I sip champagne when I hustle. I sip champagne with Nipsey Russell. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Hey, man, he said he was talking about his swing, okay? People, you know, of course, you know, when he comes back, everybody's, hey, Tiger, how's your swing? He says, hey, it's new, but it's old. What he was doing, what he's doing is looking at some old VHS tapes back in his amateur days. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, he's me, taking a little bit of feel old. old. Yeah. Tiger's got to go back to VH. Did he well, even I mean, have yeah. a VCR? Tiger's about our age, though. So, you know, we did this. We would do the same thing. We'd have to. I mean, I remember I sent our VHS tapes to colleges. So, I mean, that's what that's all we had, boss. Did, how does he even find it? Does he even have a VCR? His mama. Do you have to go buy a VCR? Nah, Where would you buy had, one? Like eBay? <laughs> you know, his mama's sitting there watching her. You know, she's reminiscing and saying, hey, she calls him up. Tiger, baby. I'm watching, I'm watching you on these tapes. I mean, just like our parents watch us on our tapes, on those old tapes, man. To the those outdated don't viewing machine. Hey, they, <laughs> hey, man. Hey, that's how it is, baby. So um, Tiger's coming up on this. This week, of course, he's making his comeback. And the Hero World Challenge, uh, he lost it last year to some, I don't know, some guy. But um, who, who cares? If it's not Tiger Woods, it doesn't even really matter who it was. But, um... He's come. I mean, this is like the fifth time he's come back from an injury, man. So you know, he's missed a bunch of cuts and PGA Championship last year, and you know he's not doing too good. But hey, he split with his uh, swing coach Sean Foley. But this year, he's coming back with a vengeance, man. He's got his. uh, He hired a a Dallas, a Dallas-based coach, Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo, excuse me, 
not to be confused with Cuomo, but Chris Cuomo. Um, and this is at the behest of uh, Noda Begay, his old, his, his old, old longtime friend from Stanford. And um, you know, he's he's trying to do his thing again. I say, look, man, I, I, when Tiger wins, everybody wins. I mean, people love that. Whether you love to hate him, whether you love to love him, people watch when Tiger's in the in the hunt. They love it when he makes the cut, and they love it when he's in striking distance, and they love it when he has a lead. People watch it, man. They either watch to see if he's going to uh, give up the lead, watch to see if he's going to make a comeback. And you got to remember, we talked about this last year. We talked about it earlier this year, as a matter of fact, uh, when Roy McIlroy was in town. When it's American, when it's an, when it's American player winning, they're American from the USA. People watch, man, especially over here, and it's just a different type of feeling. When Roy McElroy wins, eh, okay, he won. There's no connection, man. There's no connection. Tiger Woods wins. You know where he's from. What do they say when he comes up? When he when he when he goes up in the tee box from Jupiter, Florida. Tiger Woods. I mean, everybody knows that. You don't know where Roy McElroy is from. Is he from Ireland? Is he from the UK? Is he from Scotland? You know, you really don't know. You don't know geography like that. But you know what Tiger Woods is from. USA. And people love it, hate it, whatever you do. They got to watch it. I'm on my Ric Flair tonight, man. You got to watch it, man. It's must-see TV. So people going to watch until, you know, if he doesn't do well. They'll, they'll keep wishing he does, or they can, but he stays in the news. So well, you, you nailed I think, when you said that either that you love or hate him, or you're rooting against him, or you're for him, they're watching. It reminds me of the uh, the the, the, the uh, Howard Stern effect, kind of. The, if you ever seen the movie Private Parts, when they talk about Howard Stern, which I, I'm <laughs> actually showed his butt. I'm not a big Howard Stern fan, but yeah. uh, I actually like the movie, which is ironic. But they, there's a scene in that movie where they say, you know, the average listener, the, the average Stern like the person that likes Stern listens for two and a half hours. The average person who hates Stern listens for three and a half hours. Right. Either way, you're you hate him or love him. You're watching, listening, whatever it may be, because either you want to see him fail miserably if you do not like him, or you want to see him win because you do support him. PJ could care less whether you're on what side of the fence you're on, as long as you're you know watching that fence nonetheless. And that's what it is. And you're right. It's, it's, it's still Tiger Woods. It's Tiger Woods, man. Look, man. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, Tiger Woods. Yeah, I am. I am on Tiger Woods because I love Tiger Woods because we grew up in, with Tiger Woods. M- millions, thousands, grown men play golf today because of Tiger Woods. Golfing, was, golfing wasn't cool until Tiger Woods Started playing golf, man. I mean, that's just a fact, man, for kids and everybody else. People might have been playing golf, but they weren't out talking about golf. And, look, I'm going golf. People weren't doing that, man. They weren't doing it. Women, men, kids, nobody. They weren't doing it. I can't remember if I asked you this question. If it was you that I brought this question up to once before, it was my own show. I don't remember. It kind of all sticks together at some points with me Uh in my mind. But has anyone been more influential to the success of their sport as an individual, than oh, yeah. Tiger Woods to golf, no question. I, I mean, you can say, well, Michael Jordan had a bigger impact on basketball. Well, yeah, but, but basketball nah. was was loved before Jordan got there. Michael Jordan so, didn't get people paid. Yeah, I mean, people were. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you could say more Magic and Bird than you could Jordan in that scenario, and I think Tiger Woods trumps them both for that. Right. Uh, I don't know who you would claim. Maybe Wayne Gretzky to hockey would be one great example. I think would be the best example. They carry the sport. 
Yeah, I mean Wayne Gretzky in hockey. I mean, after yeah. he gets there, the hockey is is next. When he thing went he, to L.A. Yeah, within five years, the hockey's yeah. all over America. Before it was what three or four franchises, maybe in the U.S. Yeah, give or take, maybe ten. I don't know, but now it's everywhere. It's a combination of stuff. He was young. It, it was in well, the nine late nineties. He had already he won young. the championships with Edmonton or with was it Edmonton? Or? I'm talking about Tiger. What are you talking about? Oh. You talking about well, uh, Gretzky? I'm saying, but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we, he went to Hollywood, so I mean, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it was a combination of stuff. So Gretzky was in Hollywood. He had that uh, TV show with him, Bo Jackson, <laughs> the cartoon, <laughs> yeah, Super, whatever, Michael Sports Jordan, Jordan whatever yeah. it's called. I, don't I know. like that cartoon. By the way. I remember you know. getting up in the morning watching. But that. here's the thing: Wayne Gretzky <laughs> had to do everything, everything perfectly, like. He married a supermodel. He went. He moved to L.A. Um, you know, he well, did. Tiger his, was doing the same thing. They finally was banging Perkins nah, waitresses left and right. It's different. It's different because Tiger Woods. You don't know. You don't remember who Tiger Woods married. You know, we don't remember. It was two of them, so it doesn't even really matter. Um, but he's off the, off, the, off the field or off the ice is irrelevant. Woods, I'm talking about what Tiger they did Woods, on the Woods. playing field. And Tiger's but impact it's off on the golf. Field, but it's off the field too. It's off the it's off the course too. It's everything. Because you know it was he was just cool, man. It was it was cool. You know he wore red and people he wore clothes. Here's the di- here's the difference. He made golf cool. But here's the diff. Yeah, we said that. Here's the difference, though. The difference is what Tiger Woods does. You can try to do every day, right? You don't. You've only got a certain amount of places where you can play hockey. A certain amount of times or days that you could wear a hockey jersey, unless you're like those guys that make those movies like VHS and all that other stuff. But you can wear you can wear a golf shirt every day. You can wear a pair of pants every day. You can wear something Nike every day, right? And then call yourself Tiger Woods. So it's more. It's probably it's the, the accessibility of golf now. Is is in 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 uh it has a whole lot. It's a perfect storm. It had a whole lot to do with it. So, Who'd be the Tiger Woods equivalent to maybe tennis? Tennis? Ah oh, man, I don't know. I mean, is there one? McElroy maybe in the eighties. McEnroe. McEnroe. I'm sorry. Ah, uh, do people play tennis though? I mean, uh, could, would you go to the the Williams sisters? Maybe possibly. I mean, they. Yeah, maybe for. I mean, they're still for, not in the same realm, though. Kids, yeah, it's different. It's different because you still tennis. You kind of gotta have another person. Like golf, you can just you can go to the golf. You can go to the what is that thing? The range and just hit a ball and say I'm Tiger Woods. If you hit, if you hit, a, you, everybody knows. If you hit a thousand balls, that's all. You, that's all you need is one good one, one good hit. But you got to do- swing. You got to somewhat happy. dominate your sport to get to the level that to have the impact Tiger Woods had on golf because he was dominating. He was doing things that no yeah. one had really seen, and he was young and fresh, and it was a whole new thing. Yeah. And like I said, in, in hockey, I would give that to Wayne Gretzky. And I think it's maybe second to much an individual and impacting entire sport. And basketball yeah. is hard to do. Baseball and football are hard to it's do tough. because their sports are already popular in general. I mean, you can go back to the '60s and say maybe Joe Namath or something for football and what he did. And in golf, football. you're not playing; you're playing against the course. You're not really yeah. playing against somebody else. So every other sport has an opponent, you know. And there never was really a foil for Tiger Woods. Nobody ever really, you know, you thought it might be Sergio, uh, David Duvall, or you know whoever well, else, but it never was really a. A, f- uh, a person, a nemesis for Tiger Woods. There's no nemesis for him. This sounds kind of hard to do because it's it, him. Be, but it coming from an American point of view, in terms of soccer, would you say maybe Pele would be the Tiger Woods? To I soccer? don't know because uh, you know I wasn't around. 
But the impact he had coming over to America, bringing professional soccer almost to a popular popular level in the late seventies and early eighties with the uh, but they weren't the playing, New York team. Not, nobody, but nobody's Freddie Adu didn't make it. So you know. well, yeah, but that was just hype that never panned out. I'm yeah, but what I'm saying is Tiger Woods spawned people playing golf. Yeah, people watching say, golf. Sponsors would, paying money. No, 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 no. Tiger Woods spawned people playing golf. Because it's a girl, I don't know her name. It's, it's a chick that goes to Stanford now, right? And you gotta know, you gotta think. This chick is like seventeen. This lady's young lady is seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old. You gotta think that it's a young black girl. She went to Stanford. You gotta think that's because of Tiger Woods. I mean, Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. She's you know she wants to be. The female version of Tiger Woods. Now, what I'm saying well, the is, the impact that Tiger Woods had on African Americans got, playing golf is well, another story. But that's period. That's I mean, period. That's though. just part no, of it. No, she just happens to be black. But what I'm saying, the main thing is, she came up in that age of watching Tiger Woods and seeing him win and wanting to play golf. She went to Stanford, so you know that effect is. I think that effect is 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 the thing. You know, people people play golf because. Of Tiger Woods, not just watch it, but they play it too because you know, it's just how it is, man. That's just it, man. That's it. That's my Tiger Woods story for the day. And we're gonna take a break. Be right back. We're gonna speaking of golf. We're gonna talk about something. Uh, we're gonna talk about striking things, but we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. Don't worry, Be right nice. back. Out of bounds. What's happening? What's happening? Man, we got brought in by the mellow grooves of your man Sam Cook. Hey, that's some good stuff, man. Hey, check this out. Told you throw a curveball at us again for music, man. We got to do it because we're talking about the '60s, man. Check this out. It, it's, this was this is from an article, right? This is from an article um, back in '68. So it's kind of it's kind of a clue. And uh, here we go. Well, it, I'll give it away right away. Smith and Carlos look like a couple of black-skinned stormtroopers holding aloft their black-globed hands during the playing of the national anthem. They sprinkled their symbolism with black track shoes and black scarves and black power medals. It's destined to go down as the most unsubtle demonstration in the history of protest. This is your man, Brent Musburger, right? Writing about, of course, 1968 Olympics, Mexico City, with John Carlos and Tommy, uh, Tommy Smith, um, when they protested 
you know, for civil rights during that time. So here's the deal, right? Of course, we flash forward, fast forward to uh, 2014, and we've got this um, similar, maybe not as momentous, but maybe so, protest, symbolic protest with the St. Louis Rams. Um, They put their hands up coming out of the tunnel. And, of course, it ruffled a lot of feathers, people saying that, hey, man, we don't don't mix football with uh, your symbolism, your protest, this, that, and the other. You just, of course, the police say you just lost some fans. You know, the thugs out there <laughs> breaking stuff are not real fans that pay for tickets. And I think they lost, like, a sponsorship or something. A bar that used to be <laughs> – Used to be St. Louis Rams bar. They switched over to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I say, man, whatever. But um, nah, man, it's just, and then of course, of course, we've got to bring in your man, the outspoken Charles Barkley, who some would say are playing, uh, is playing the role of Brent Musburger that he did back in 1968. Charles Barkley is saying, you know, he's calling out people saying the people are looting. They aren't real black people. Those are scumbags. You know, it goes on a quote. But, I mean, I don't know, man. It's I guess this all goes into the, uh, this all goes into the, uh, you know, what are athletics about? Are, are athletes allowed to wear their social consciousness on their sleeve when they're on the field? You know, do we really want them to do that? Or do we just want them to be, be um, you know, be, um, just just score touchdowns, score buckets, and, you know, sell some shoes and then just shut up. Um, some athletes take that approach, and some athletes, because of different reasons, because of personal reasons, because because of branding, because of uh, sponsorships and blah, 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 all that other type of stuff, some people do that. But then here's, the other, here's another, you know, I don't know if this is a form of protest, but, you know, you got these athletes coming out, you know, like Diana Ross, coming out, you know what I mean? Um but here's you got um now you have umpires, major league baseball umpires saying that they're gay, telling everyone that they're gay, making announcements, you know, and then which is hey, it's whatever, to do your thing, man. But, you know, it's just weird. It all gets tangled up and tied up in a in a world of what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what what you can say, what you can't say, what's uh, in vogue. And it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, hey, you know, I, I don't, free speech is free speech, right? It applies everywhere, whether it makes you comfortable or uncomfortable. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things. I mean, if you have an opinion on it, give us a call, 502-384-1450, 502-384-1450 on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. Or, of course, you can, um, Hit us on Facebook, Twitter, Out of Bounds, Backslash, or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Uh, what's the other thing? Hashtag Out of Bounds. But, um, hey, man, it's, it's, this stuff isn't going anywhere. It isn't going anywhere because you're always, you're always going to have something that's socially conscious, um, something that's going to challenge your social consciousness, whether you take a stand or not. Some people are going to take a stand – Probably in the minority. The minority will take a stand. The majority is going to just be like, you know, whatever. Whether they believe in the cause or they don't believe in the cause. 
whatever side of um, the fence that you're on. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with someone taking a stand and expressing their view or uh, doing that. I mean, do your thing. I mean, it's, you know, if you're not, you know, as long as you do your job and perform well, what's, what's wrong with that? Um, and as long as it's in the context where you have time to do it, you know, then 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 do it. You know, I, mean, I don't know. Well, Did it hurt anybody? The, the Rams made a uh, made a social statement by coming out with their hands I up didn't and see anybody. That it Did hurt. it hurt anybody? I, I find it somewhat I mean, ironic that the police department wants them to be punished for their actions. Yeah, it's weird. That gets kind of an ironic twist it's in the kind, story. But it's like I mean, it's kind of <laughs> arrogance, right? It's the police, we're the ones to protect you, and I mean, that's, you know, okay. Why should they be offended by it? I mean, do they feel like they're being disrespected in some way? I mean, I mean, they won, listen, right? They didn't. They weren't convicted, so don't you? You know, when you go into being a cop, that you're going to have people not like you just because your profession, whether you deserve it or not. I mean, that's kind of part of being a cop. Same thing with athletes, right? I mean, it wasn't like they threw their hands up when when somebody threw in the ball. They caught all the balls. (laughs) For all we know, they could have been signaling touchdown. They could have been signaling for a touchdown when they came out. We don't know what they. I mean, just got misconstrued. This is one of those. It's it's weird. It's weird because it's weird because you know you already saw this protest thing. Last year with the Clippers, and everybody was kind of in favor of that because you had one guy to point to to say that's a bad guy in Donald Sterling. But in this situation, it's always crazy when you have the police, which which represents the establishment, um, and whether you like that or not, and they're you know they're strong. However many. I don't know, what is it, millions or hundreds of thousands of law enforcement people, FOP and all that other stuff that goes along with it. So you've got, you know, you got the law and order thing, and then you've got the the uh, the civil right aspect of it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird whatever side of the uh, fence that you fall Do on. Do they feel like this the statement by the few Rams players that – is being blown more out of proportion because of their protest, uh, because of the cops' protest of its own. Is it going to cause know. more rioting of some way? I don't know. I mean, do they feel like it's going to cause you know like anarchy amongst the, the city of St. Louis? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, is it, <laughs> it going to cause any more than any more trouble that has already been occurring before they made this? I mean, no, it's not. And I could see they'd be mad maybe because it's their, it's their. You know they're in a public eye like the the Rams are, but listen, people are going to have they're not going against every well, writer and, and and national publicist that's maybe going against them in, in in the decision of Ferguson. And that probably maybe there in itself lies the fear, um, and that goes back to the Brent Musburger thing when he when he wrote his article because it's a big stage, yeah, and they have you know that Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, or whatever the Rams have the whole city. And captured, and they for that moment. It's a national stage, and for that moment, when you do something, it's you know recorded and it's played and played and played over and over again, looped, and it draws attention to an issue. And maybe that is probably the biggest thing. Just like back in '68 when John Carlos and uh, Tommy Smith did their thing, and it was on the worldwide stage, the Olympics, the biggest stage of athletics. And that was an iconic moment. This is something that we'll that forget be, about in 10 years. Well, probably. I don't know, man. I don't in know. In 15 years, will you go, remember that? You're talking to a younger kid, maybe well, he's in his 20s time. Remember, right. they're always going to remember Timmy Smith and, and the Black Club incident. And but some people don't remember that. That's that. I feel bad for those people. That's some somebody who doesn't embrace yeah, sports I mean, we're, the way they should. We're I mean, sports our history fans. in general. 
We're sports fans, and, we're, and you have to be. If you're a sports fan, by virtue of that, you're a history buff because you pay attention to stuff that happened years ago, and that's history. So, you know, some people don't even remember that. Or don't he, never paid attention. We're to not that. remembering their names is you one know. thing, but you should always remember the image of the two gentlemen with the black glove and the well, black yeah. Panther signal. But then some people don't know what it's about. That's right? yeah, you know, just Isn't like that group in the Forrest Gump movie. But I'm gonna tell you, for a kid, maybe this, maybe for a kid in Ferguson, That's Missouri, true. or St. Louis, Missouri, who's looking at that and looking at a Rams game, and they might, you know, they might that might be there. You know, moment. You know, something that they always remember. You never know. You know, my favorite part of this entire story is is not even the action. Is the fact that the police department demanded an apology, which again is the irony in that. It's just so thick; it's not even funny. But they demanded an apology, and then they claim the Rams apologized, and the Rams <laughs> saying, "No, we didn't apologize. <laughs> You're full of it. Right. You misconstrued." And it just became like a 12 year old high school, middle school girl fight on Twitter amongst two grown up. Should be more respectable uh, yeah. companies, and one the police department, the other an NFL franchise. And yeah. it's just, it's it's almost comical how just how childish they've acted since the uh, the incident occurred. It's crazy, man. It's comical, but it's real life, and it keeps on going. And I think that um, the combination of things that have happened, you know, this week and last week, as far as these grand juries and no indictments and things like that, um, they permeate all avenues and aspects of life and sports is one one avenue that um that I you know hey if you if you've got some type of if you got a protest then you know do it if you do it within the parameters and, and things like that well, when you talk about that the olympic statement sports have mm-hmm. it can have a very big effect oh, yeah. on the culture of america because whether it, it be good or know. bad or to distract us from bad things happening, i.e. the 9-11 football wanted to continue play, the shooting, yeah. the, the assassination of Kennedy, the Cowboys still played their game to, to distract and, and take away from the, the horrible horrors that were going on in the country. In the same way they can be good in that way, they can also, we're not saying that it's not a, they're not being good by supporting the Ferguson and things right. or the Black Panther thing, but right. they can also be have an effect as well on the opposite side coming to the side of how we change, how we reflect oh, as a country. Absolutely, and and the stage, the stage is very very important because yeah. if they would not have, if, if they wouldn't, John Carlos and Tommy Smith wouldn't have made it to the Olympic podium, it wouldn't have had the same effect. You can go back because as far as played, Jesse Owens dominating the Nazis in the Olympics as yeah, well. Yeah, but 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 at the same time, yeah, that's that's great. But while smoking a pack of cigarettes really, a day, which is hilarious. But he didn't really. <laughs> he made a statement with his with his athleticism. But these guys true. made a state. They made a statement with their athleticism because if they wouldn't have won, they wouldn't, <laughs> they have, wouldn't have been up on there. there. True, yeah, good point. And then <laughs> they made a bigger statement because you got to look at everything in totality. They're on there, right? You're playing the national anthem, yeah, and you're you you're making a statement of whether you call it defiance, uh, protest, or whatever. But that's like that's crazy. It's that's an crazy. iconic moment in American history. And and everybody in the world saw it, just like in Ferguson. You know, the world seeing this thing too. Yeah. The world seeing it, man. You know, and people choosing sides, and and uh, it'll you know, it's it's and it's and it's the world, it's sports, it's everything. It's crazy, but that's just how that's how it goes right now. That's how it goes. You know, we're all talking about, and I mean, the biggest stories in sports are like social things this year. As bad as the Rams have been, it's the most attention they've gotten all year. You know? Whether it's domestic violence or whatever, 
Oh, yeah, 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 that too. Are the Blues playing? <laughs> Jeff Fisher said in his post game, I'm, I'm not apologizing for my players' uh, signal. I'm apologizing for the first five weeks of the season. That's what I apologize for, the crap we put on the field for the first month and a half of the season. That's what I apologize. That's how they do, man. What happened to Jeff Fisher, do. by the way? You see Jeff Fisher now? He just looks just like worn down old man. He's like no, a, no shave November. He looks man. like an 80s cop, like an 80s detective. <laughs> Jeff, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to be, be the man. To be Jeff, walking like, around with Eddie Murphy for forty eight hours or something. I mean. Jeff Fisher, man, he used to be the proud queen. Now he the prime fiend. Yeah, he used to be slick with the great goatee and the and the beard and the. And the oh, now he's got like gray hair, yeah, gray beard. Yeah. He's gained weight. I mean, he's man. that's what the Rams do to a man. He's fit and lean and. Hey, you remember that, old, with the, you with remember the that old Hammer video? <laughs> man, Jeff Fisher ain't hitting in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember Jeff that. Fisher was hitting in Nashville. You remember that? Hammer, man, Hammer ain't hitting in Oak Town. <laughs> he said, Jeff Fisher, man. Without Jeff, Jeff Fisher's like, uh, what do he say? Jeff Fisher's <laughs> is like Harold Melvin without the blue notes. <laughs> You'll never go platinum. <laughs> Is your fish you stink? Nah, I don't know, man. I, I just got carried away. It's all Trevor's fault. Let's get a before and after picture. Well, yeah, of Jeff Fisher, man. <laughs> no, so I'm just saying huh? the poor guy looks like life's taking him behind the woodshed with a bat now that he's been with the Rams for two years. Dave Checkett's is doing good <laughs> he in looked, St. Louis. He went from being kind of good, in shape and, and brown hair. Now he just looks like he should be selling used cars in like man. Ottawa or something. I mean, it just, it doesn't, it just Trevor, looks like man, a poor guy. I feel you don't bad like for him. I like Jeff Fisher, man. I love Jeff. I like Jeff Fisher, actually. So I don't like what the life is. Did you testify against Jeff Fisher? <laughs> for, for, for letting life beat him down in St. Louis for the last two years? Yeah. Oh, you would? <laughs> He's, oh, man. I think Jeff Fisher may be somewhat. James Winston wouldn't like you, man. <laughs> but the going deep guys are coming up, man. College football is their thing, and they do all that. It's college football, so you know. Free Jameis Winston, man. Um, we're out of here. Out of from what? He's gotten every benefit. Why you gotta mess it up, man? He's, James, everybody hates Jameis Winston, man. He's he's got a hard life, man. Free him I, what? For having to pay for Heisman trophies, Heisman <laughs> trophies, uh, college football championships. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Come on, man. Free Jameis Winston. He had to free listen James to a woman tell him no. God free, forbid. Free Jameis Winston. Free Jimbo Fisher, man. Who else? Whoever else? I don't know. Look, every are we we're gonna be back Wednesday next Free week. Free Jeff Trav? Fisher. That we're doing? <laughs> Can we say that Wednesday five to seven? I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Wednesday five to seven sounds like a good time. Wednesday five to seven, unless something changes. Wednesday five to seven, out of bounds. Coming up, going deep, baby. We'll see you next week. Brandon Lawrence, Carlo Kellum, Trevor Kelsey on the wheels of steel. It's all love. Stay warm out there, man. Uh, go Cowboys tomorrow night. Yeah. Somebody keep telling me though